Hey folks, this is Tyler Not Gregson from Chasers of the Light, and you are listening to the Signal Fire Podcast, the show that dives into life, the universe, poetry, and just about everything else. As always, there's a lot more info on tylernot.com, and we would love to see you there. Now, on with the show. Good morning, my lovely little friends. Uh, welcome to the 15th of May. Springtime, springing. Uh, today is a fun one, and I'm excited about it. Um, it's a look back, in a way, and I'm I'm really excited. I had a, a great time writing this one, and I wanted to start it off with the photograph that precedes the writing on this. And as always, if you go over to tylernot.com, you can see the photo and you can actually, you know, you can see what I was going for with this. But the photo is in Universal Studios Hollywood, and it was taken sometime in the late 80s, early 90s. And it is the most 90s photograph you will ever see. Uh, We are all wearing very bright colors. And it's just amazing. And it's such a nostalgic throwback for me that when I see it, I, I remember what it felt like sitting there. And I remember what those clothes felt like. And I just, I remember that time so precisely. And I look back on it with such a mixture of longing and humor and just a little bit of an ache because I feel like times were just so much simpler back then. Uh, yeah, so this one is a look back, and it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, and it's a little bit different, and I think you're really going to enjoy this one. Um, <laughs> I just think you're going to like it. Uh, but anyways, if you have any rare, random, exciting, funny stories from your time, if you did happen to grow up in the 80s and 90s, I would love to hear them, because that that era is my most favorite, and it just tickles me silly. Yeah, so we should just get into it because I'm like I said, I'm super excited about this one and it was a blast to write it and I think you're gonna have fun listening. So uh but like I said, as always, if you want to look at the pictures and dive a little deeper into these, it's at Tylernot.com. So go over there and check it out. If not, it'll be in your email box too. So give it a look, subscribe to the little newsletter so you don't have to go searching for these. And uh yeah. So this one is called, I Look at All That Shaped Us on this fine Sunday, May 15th, 2022. Let's dive in because it's a goofy one. Here we go. It was Mario's fault in the end, or the princess finally being found in the right castle. Either way, in 1989, my dad split his head open and needed half a dozen stitches the night before he and my mom were to fly to Rome, Italy, as a celebration gift for the Los Angeles Dodgers winning the World Series. How, you may be asking, is any of this Mario's or the princess's or Bowser's fault at all? Simple, really. Back then, times were simpler, things were better, and joy was easier to come by. Probably not, but I'm saying it because nostalgia is a warm, fuzzy drug of a thing, and I like the haze it fogs my eyes with. Slow mist over the seas of them. I like the way it feels to remember. I digress. Here's the scoop. We finally got a Nintendo Entertainment System, NES for short from here on out, for Christmas that year. The marquee gift of all marquee gifts. 
the showstopper, the mouth dropper, the scream maker. It was the last thing we opened, we three kids of Grakes and Lore, and we opened it together. It came with Super Mario Brothers, and it came with Duck Hunt, bundled together with a little fake gun and more magic than I even knew how to describe to anyone born after the year 2000. Plain and simple, we were kings and queens now. We were the pinnacle of technological advancement. We were the recipients of an alien-like gift from the gods of Christmas. Santa, plain and simple, won. Fast forward a few weeks and picture the scene. We're all huddled around a tiny television set, the archaic cube without a remote, and a sweaty, palmed 11-year-old version of my sister Ryan is clutching the two buttons and a D-pad controller, frantic and feverish on level 8-4 of the original Super Mario Bros. game. After seven prior levels of defeating Bowser's minions, only to be thanked and told that our princess was in another castle, we knew we were on the doorstep of greatness and of rescue. Bowser came and came again, eroding the extra lives we'd stockpiled along the way. And after a clever and crafty series of jumps, sprints, and dodges, Mario, by way of Ryan's greatness, landed on the final axe, cutting the rope, dropping Bowser into the lava pits of hell he belonged in. Here, friends, before sad Bowser's, bodies fe Bowser's body fell, before the reunion with the princess could even occur, is when the head-splitting occurred. In a fit of hysterical joy at Mario's scoot under Bowser's massive dragon dino feet, my dad let out a yawp of epic proportions and jumped higher than a Harlem Globetrotter on a pogo stick, directly into the low-hanging beam that separated the living room and his baseball room. Blood, kids. Blood. Instantly. And that yawp transformed to a shout and a home alone, hairy from the wet bandit's conglomeration of curse words and grumbles. That jump transformed into a hustle to the emergency room. Some quick stitches... And then before I even knew what happened, they were off the next morning to Italy for 10 days. I stayed behind with my sisters and my grandmother and was forced to scrape all the popcorn texture off the ceilings in the kitchen while they were gone. But that's a story for a different day. And no, I am not still bitter. Yes, I am. <sighs> Extremely bitter. So why the story hour, you may be asking. What is the point of this dip back into the annals of my history? Because, damn it, we are shaped by the things we remember from our simpler times. And unfortunately for all you born after the 80s, I'm sorry to say, your times were just not as simple as those of us born in them, or before them. I know, I know, all you older than me, I will be 41 this summer, which is insane to me, as I feel like I'm stuck at 12 in so many ways, will say that your times were even simpler. And that maybe, but... I'll be damned if they were as rad as mine. The 80s, the 90s, oof, baby, they were the epitome of cool. This is an ode to those times, those pre-smartphone, pre-internet days where people actually had to talk to one another, shaking like a leaf when they had to call their crush to invite them to a dance. The 20-foot-long curly phone cord bouncing in rhythm with our heartbeats, flying like hummingbird wings into the unknown mystery that was the 10 seconds between the ask and the answer. This is an ode to those packs of gushers you crossed your fingers until bruised, hoping for in your brown lunch bag. To the side-eyed, jealous glances at the kids who were rich enough to afford real Lunchables, while you ate a PB&J that got squished in the middle by your apple. 
This as to how Jolt Cola was the booze of our adolescence. The dangerous drink only certain parents would allow at a birthday party. Those brave souls battling through sugar-high, caffeine-crazed teenagers squealing like banshees at the great everything that surrounded them. This is to the hypercolor shirts and the random huffing on the shoulder of them by people you hardly knew, just to see the slightly darker shade of purple it would turn. Mouth prints left for those strange lingering moments before it returned to pink again. This is to Dawson's Creek and the way we all wish we spoke like they did, loved like they did, dressed like they did. To save by the bell and the hard-earned lessons in popularity, sex, and getting in copious amounts of trouble at school. Yes, I did get in trouble. Yes, a lot. Autism plus Montana plus the 80s and the 90s did not equal proper understanding or care. This is to the revolution that was the Game Boy, a world of silly video games on our fingertips, to the little light they sold that had to slide on so you could play in the dark. This is to Tetris, to the acid trip that was Super Mario Brothers 2. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is to Zelda and how Zelda was the princess and not the main dude, despite forgetting that every time. This is to the sleepovers with scary movies, the dirt-clawed fights outside on a spring day, to kick the can and Red Rover, Red Rover, send Tyler right over, to the brace against the tidal wave that was your friend that probably started puberty earlier than the rest of you and felt like a battering ram against your arms linked with the classmates. A nod, if you will, to the spinning metal merry-go-rounds that snap more arms than Jean-Claude Van Damme, toddlers hooked to those whirling dervishes and spinning around at 3,000 RPMs by their little jackets. Here's of the monkey bar still 11 feet off the ground, despite being placed on the kindergarten playground. Times were simpler, We were perfectly pleased with Dunkaroos and Rollerblades, Fruit by the Foot and Chef Boyardee. We only needed 8-bit soundtracks to our video games, only pixels instead of 4K clarity. (sighs) Really, this is just my way of saying, I miss those times, and I am sad for all the kids coming up today that won't know the pure freedom and unbridled mystery and magic before the internet swooped in and ruined all things. In lieu of alarm sounds and reminder apps, we had our mothers standing on the front porch, screaming loud enough that our ears could hear the dinner call all the way to the borders of the don't-go-beyond zone. In place of fine friends, we had the trust that we would sort it out on our own. We'd use streetlights flickering their way back to life as the signal that it was probably time to start heading home. (sighs) Probably filthy probably bleeding, and probably filled with more memories of such magnitude we were swear we were the stars of our own cinematic victories, be they as superheroes or Tour de France winners. Michael Jordan hitting the last three-pointer as the clock counted three, two, one. This is to the sandlot, to the water balloon fights, to the municipal pool and lying on your stomach on the scalding sidewalk to warm yourself from the frozen pool water. To the empty houses we walked our tired asses back to every day after school. To those two hours of total solitude. The wild, wild west of the day when anything could happen before our folks returned from work. We were the latchkey kids, and we'd have it no other way. I often think back to those days, and the only word I keep coming back to is a word I've repeated in this signal fire probably 15 times already. Simplicity. I am sure every member of every generation looks back on their own youth with the same rose-colored hue, and that's fine. 
But I'll stand by and fight for the viewpoint that there has been a shift since then, that my generation is the last best generation before the world wide web shrunk the planet, convinced us all that things were a lot more dangerous than they really are, and replaced true connection with social medias. Nerve-wracking, beautiful phone calls with, you've got mail, sent out on enough CD-ROM discs to build an island. We never worried about the best filters to put on our shitty sunset photos, because we weren't taking shitty sunset photos. We were watching them, with dripping otter pop juice all over our hands. We weren't misunderstanding some silly Facebook post because our Facebook was a yearbook and we were telling people to have fun in the sun and get laid in the shade. <sighs> we actually knew our neighbors. And as kids, we knew every house that was a McGruff house. We played outside instead of VR'd our way through some phony landscape. We filled the twilight with sounds of hide and seek, the rhythms of a skippet clicking over cement, basketballs dribbling on the blacktop. We're the last, and it breaks my heart because I know we are shaped by the times we fill our youth with. And so I look with backwards glance and heavy heart, knowing that no one <clears throat> will ever have it that way again. Knowing that as much as I float away in my own silly memory and imagination, I too can never go back, never have it that way again. 30 years from now, some 40-year-old writer will be writing something just like this speaking of the lost artifacts of their youth, the PS5s and the kombucha, about Euphoria on HBO and how Zendaya was the idol of all idols, and that is just fine. For me, I'll take my Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, my Joey Potter and Pacey Witter, my Jordan Catalano and whatever Claire Danes character was named, Angela, I think. I'll take the 3D Doritos and the Pepsi Challenge, the starter jackets, and how bubblicious was black market currency in the halls of our middle school. I'll take the simplicity. I'll take the last perfect blip of absolute freedom. I'll take it, and I'll remember it all, like I'm locking it inside my brain, like I'm stitching it up and stitching it in after some blissful elation that rose up like a fever in my dad, the moment Ryan helped conquer Mario Brothers for the first time. The haiku, with a backwards glance, I look at all that shaped us, the simplicity. Anyway, I love you all, and here's to the simplicity. I'll see you next week. This beautiful signal fire intro and outro music was graciously provided by my best buddy, Gregory Allen Isakov. If you're not yet listening, you're missing out. Head to GregoryAllenIsakov.com for more. Thanks, buddy. I love you.